when you have low rates, available credit, it's a recipe for high valuations because many people can finance and lever up uh, entire um, businesses. Uh, and, you know, eventually some of those should go bad, but we're not at that point in the cycle yet. But as I said earlier, um, you know, bad deals are made in good times and these are excessively good times. So eventually we'll see some bad deals. This is the Insight is Capital podcast. Recent monetary policy changes uh, the thing or uh, a sign. What potential catalysts are you actually looking for? I think, frankly, that uh, I get asked that question a lot. What is the catalyst that will create a storm in the market that will change the direction of things? I think when we look at how extreme some of the variables have become, how extreme some of the financings are, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And you just have to be patient and wait for things to turn. The catalyst itself is really, really hard to predict. I think probably even a fool's game. Uh, All we know is that when things are too extreme and central banks are tightening things, eventually something in the market will break. It won't be the same thing as last time. It won't be U.S. mortgages this time. But there will be a first domino that will fall, and from there uh, we will have some repercussions in capital markets. As to what that catalyst is, is it China, who's had a massive explosion in credit creation? Is it the U.S. Federal Reserve increasing rates? Uh, it's, it's really hard to say. Uh, is it an, an accident in Europe where mm-hmm. the banks are still not very healthy? Uh, Italy does not look really uh, good right now. So it's, it, it, these things are really hard to predict. But all we know is we're at a very extreme point on many, many different levels. And if you're patient enough, you will get an opportunity to buy things cheaper. Um, but again, I think it's a little bit of a fool's game to try to find the exact catalyst that will create it. The most important thing you need to know is we are at a point in the cycle where inevitably things will turn and we will get cheaper assets down the road. What kind of indication or pullback do you need to see in order to start deploying capital? I don't necessarily need a massive pullback in uh, the stock market. What I need is pockets of opportunity. Sometimes you will get an extreme drop in a particular sector or even just a few stocks. That could be enough for me to buy and to invest a lot of, of, of of our current liquidity uh, or to move some of the assets that we have invested already. Um, but clearly, if the market goes down 15, 20%, we will be on, uh, on a roll. We'll be, we'll be investing. We'll be deploying some of that capital because when the market drops by that much, it means that there are individual securities that are down 25, 30. That should not be down that much. Mm-hmm. And so uh, if there's a particular problem with a few companies, maybe – the market doesn't even need to go, to, to go down. But let's be honest, uh, we, we will probably need the market to be down somewhat for me to find attractive opportunities. Um, and uh, hopefully it's across the world. Uh, we will see we have resources across the world. We're ready. We're analyzing every day. We're working really hard to be ready for any opportunity. We were ready when Brexit happened. Um, you know, I bought several securities right away. We're always ready. Uh, but... It's really, really hard to be patient, but in the end, it pays, and we will be. Getting the right price is very important. 
it's it's been difficult um, just reflecting back on on where interest rates are uh, and have been for a very long time um, with the Fed having kept rates at zero for so long and with interest rates slowly creeping up even at the current levels of uh, half percent 75 beeps um, what does that do to your valuation models, uh, for example, using discounted cash flows as a as a benchmark or as a guide, have you adjusted your 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 benchmarks for for the market for the way the market is right now for the distortion, or or have you did, did they stay the same throughout? Um, it, it must it, it, it's been something that has uh, warped what valuations should be. Or, or what the idea of what the market thinks valuations should be. So I have adjusted the multiples I'm willing to pay a little bit because of that uh, over the, 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 the last few years. Eventually, though, you can't increase what you're willing to pay too much because you don't want to take too much valuation risk. Um, the other the risk in analyzing a DCF based on current interest rates and historical growth rates is that one cannot really go without the other. If we have really low rates, it probably means that GDP growth will be lower than it, than we've seen in the past. So you need to put that in your model as well. You can't have three, four percent real GDP growth and put in a one percent interest rate to discount your cash flows. You just that doesn't work because if we have significant growth, then in, uh, interest rates will be higher. So uh, I think most people think about low interest rates and just adjust that number in their models and are happy paying significantly higher multiples for securities. I think that's probably make doing it too quick and dirty. I think you need to adjust the growth rate of the overall economy as well. Because we have low inflation and low rates, GDP growth is going to be low as well. There's um, a lot of... Um, secular factors that come into play here as well that we won't get into here, but growth over the next 10, 20 years in North America will be lower than it was over the last 30. So you need to take that into account as well. But yes, I have adjusted the multiples I'm willing to pay, but at some point you need to uh, draw a line in the sand in terms of how much valuation risk you're willing to take. Um, at zero, you know, you'd have, you could theoretically have valuations infinite. You could have very, very high multiples, yes. Right. Do you think that's played a role in, in, in the way the market is behaving? Or is it, is it less complicated than that? Uh, I think it has played a role, uh, not only in the valuation of securities by discounting at a lower rate, but also being able to finance a whole lot of things at, a much, at much cheaper rates. And credit being disavailable, these low rates are available to, uh, to a lot of people. So. Um, when you have low rates, available credit, it's a recipe for high valuations because many people can finance and lever up uh, entire uh, businesses. Uh, and, you know, eventually some of those should go bad, but we're not at that point in the cycle yet. But as I said earlier, um, you know, bad deals are made in good times and these are excessively good times. So eventually we'll see some bad deals.